0: i uh-huh. uh-huh. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man one reassuring minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli.
1: I'm Zach Luna. And I'm Andrew Horton. Welcome,
0: Andrew. Andrew.
2: Thank you. <laughs> i uh, happy to have you close out the week with us here.
0: Uh, today we're talking about Minute 54, which starts with uh, Aunt May saying, I know, I miss him too and mm. ends with peter beginning to pull out some sort of case from underneath his bed yeah Ooh. yes mystery case mystery you think case. there you guys think there's like money or guns or something in there <laughs> i think <laughs> it's all like he, crosses going to break water. bad
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think he's just prepared he's like i got to go like...
0: make a deal with the
2: mexican cartel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it has come to this finally uh, <laughs> Uh, which I'm pretty sure, other than that shot at the end of the minute of the, the the under the bed shenanigans, this entire minute, other than that moment, is one long uninterrupted shot, just one take of uh, yeah, yeah, a conversation on a bed, which is yeah. Toby geez. crying, Toby crying, Toby, Toby cry. As we said before, uh, yeah,
0: this, this scene, this scene, and the and the previous like little clip just before this of them coming mm-hmm. home and uh and and peter starting to go upstairs yeah. uh both of those both of these scenes are done in one one shot uh so like the previous one was one shot and then this is just one shot not yeah. the same shot cuz that would be really impressive but <laughs> two <laughs> two two single shot scenes um mm-hmm. and it is the most like a play that this movie has felt since Uh, the uh, the scene with Aunt May and Uncle Ben before Peter comes home uh, when they're talking about jobs and light bulbs uh, and stuff, light bulbs and stuff. Yeah. 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 So it seems like it seems like every time uh, he's working with one of these older actors, uh, he likes to play the camera. uh, Sam Raimi is the he I'm talking about. Uh, Mm. Sam Raimi likes to play the camera um, at a minimum uh just to like let them because you know they're stage people so i yeah i assume he's just sort of trying to let them feel comfortable uh, yeah by not shooting so much coverage it seems
2: yeah. like caps the moment while it's there i think it's a smart choice for for scenes like this especially in terms of how like kinetic and wild things are going to get in the superherodom uh moments later uh, i mean even at the end of this week uh to have these sort of quiet domesticity moments be as simply presented as possible i think helps uh ground us or calm us down there and it, and it also just lets these actors play off each other and uh and let the scene sort of sit and 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 exist on its own i mean this we we talked briefly about it yesterday um, the sort of uh preparation that must take place before this where give give Toby enough time to sit into this like Sad emotional state. Let the tears start to fall, and then just call action and 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 have the the actors roll into the scene and just let it play out fully. Um, it seems like a like a nice, comfortable um, space for such a an intimate moment. I, th- I think they pull it off pretty well. But yeah, it's simple. Yeah, yeah, simple's good sometimes. Yeah,
1: when you have such um, great actors, it's a great idea to just give them a little bit of time to uh, bring out that emotion.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And It's not.
2: And it's not like Sam does nothing with the camera either. It's not like he just plants it on a a tripod and says go. And then from Video Village is like, all right, we're done. Like there is throughout the entire scene a very slow, very deliberate um, camera movement uh, sort of around them and then getting closer in. But there's nothing fancy or wild about it. It's just keeping the the frame a little bit active. Like um, it reminds me of in Jaws, there's a a, a big long one where they're on the ferry, uh, you know, sort of these, these people are talking business and the the background behind them moves quite um quite slowly and beautifully to to keep something moving in the frame even though it's a very static moment this it's not quite as elaborate obviously but <laughs> it reminds me of that um mm-hmm. it's like the opposite of, of that but yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
0: um uh-huh. yeah it, it's a it's a pretty good scene and it's a you know there the the bit where he's saying like what repeaters saying like i can't help but think he tried to tell me something important and i threw it in his face mm-hmm. and like the way that he sort of breaks on the i can't help but think yeah um it's very uh i don't know it, it, it plays very realistic for me it doesn't play as you know when i when i was younger and i would watch mm-hmm. these movies scenes like this used to make me cringe because I thought they were cheesy or bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I'm watching them and realizing that they're not, they're just earnest. And because they're earnest, they make you feel uncomfortable.
2: Yes. Yes, exactly. There's a a certain like knee jerk response sometimes to sincerity that, Mm -hmm. that people can become uh, uncomfortable with. But I think that means this scene is working, not that they, they misfired it, at least, because right. it is it is the most personal moment to be sitting there, crying, and then an authority figure comes and witnesses you doing it, and you just continue on with your life there and admit what's making you feel so bad. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, not all of what's making him feel so bad. Obviously, he doesn't he doesn't say all of why he feels so bad about uh, Uncle Ben missing, but the the crux of it that mm-hmm. you you said something you regretted, and it was the last chance you had to say anything. And you'll never have right. that, that moment back. It it lands more on me now than it did then, I think. Maybe that's just like experience with other films, or maybe it's just experience with, with life in general that what can seem cheesy is often just people being people. Uh, you know, this, I, I didn't have any huge losses to, to reflect on in that way when I was, you know, however 15 years ago or something like that, and you know, you've lived your life a bit more now and had bigger sort of rises and falls and disappointments. And this doesn't feel goofy. It just feels sincere. And I think sincere is a good thing to put.
1: Yeah. uh, Well, you can relate more with it, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. Uh, when you're when you're a little kid, and you don't have those emotional experiences to pull from, in your memory, it can fall kind of flat or seem kind of Odd or uncomfortable, but when you've gone through similar things or have had similar circumstances happen to you, I mean, obviously we're not Spider-Man, I guess, but um, when you've I mean, I guess, (laughs) I I guess guess, we're not. I guess, uh, as far as any of you know, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe Zach is. I don't know, but um... (laughs) he certainly dresses the part. That's true. It's closest, (laughs) closest of us probably, Um, but. But when we've experienced, you know, loss now Mm -hmm. as older adults, then those moments ring more true for us than uh, when we were younger and haven't experienced that. Yeah.
2: I think it's a good choice, too, to sort of frame this this situation in the the most childish-seeming part of the house. You know, Peter's kid-like bedroom with a big, goofy pencil and a periodic table chart and stuff like that behind him, where he's in this crossroads where everybody has just told him he's about to become a man... And he, he doesn't feel like one yet and he's just regretting, you know, being childish in a way that we sort of have him framed by a sort of childish surrounding rather than, I keep coming back to this example, but rather than having like this conversation on a porch at like dusk as the sun is going down, you know, a more traditionally mm-hmm. uh, wrought uh, environment that it's just, you know, a boy trying to to, to to learn what it is to be a good man and and feeling feeling lost there feeling trapped so it it looks more childish when you put him there and 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 he's left alone in the frame when she when she stands up which is great I don't know.
0: but it's also uh there's also something that i like about you know this is the final scene mm-hmm. of just peter uh in yeah. the movie um before yeah. he uh he picks up what will be a lifelong career for him um, from underneath his bed. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And what I like about this, I mean, you know, we talked about earlier in the week, we talked about uh, Norman explaining or or I guess defining the word commencement, um, the Mm -hmm. end of one thing and the start of something else. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly what's going on here. And what I like about the, the juxtaposition going on here is that Peter is dressed as an adult.
2: Yeah. But he's in yes. this
0: childish room that it, it, he doesn't belong here anymore. You know? Yeah. That's the, that's yeah. the
2: real second half of it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That, yeah. He, he's realizing that you can't ever go home really. And certainly not to this home because this, right. This type of home doesn't exist anymore. Um, right.
0: It, Whether uh, he likes it or not. Uh, yeah. You know, he, the rest of his life is about to start and he doesn't even know what that means yet mm-hmm. um, because he hasn't uh, the, just the just the be just the very start of the inkling of the idea is sort of like incepted into his head by Aunt May um, at yeah. the end of this minute, uh, which I wonder if the use of she says um, he knew you were meant for great things. Yeah, and I wonder if that choice of word, um, was meant to be sort of the beginning of the in, of of him remembering what Ben said to him. Because when he said he tried yeah. to tell me something important, and I threw it back in his face, was he saying it in such a way that like I don't even remember what he was trying to say because I right, was, it didn't really
2: take because yeah yeah, and yeah. then when
0: she says he knew you were you were uh you were meant for great things if that made peter remember
2: maybe yeah even mm-hmm. if it maybe if that wasn't in the in the intention of the script i like it as a as a take on the moment mm-hmm. because it, it, you know this this shoulder grabbing moment of wh- however you feel right now he never doubted you he knew you'd do great things you won't disappoint him almost as like a um like a like a ritual spell or something like that, like saying the words and making it true. You won't disappoint him. And then she is almost about to cry, and and stands mm-hmm. up and gets away. And that and that that's when he makes the choice. I, I like I like watching people make the choices, and it's a, it's a small bit of acting, but to think in in this the course of this take, how Toby had to go from you know just full on crying to admitting his what he feels vulnerable about, and then vulnerable about, and then trying to like. Explain it and hold it in and then finally come to this moment where he makes a, a decision silently to do something huge that you can watch right. just the the direction of his eyes at the very end when she stands up and lets go of his shoulder. There's just this little flick of the eyes back and forth and you know everything's different. Everything has changed at that moment. Mm-hmm. And we won't get the music telling us that until tomorrow, but you can see it happen. And it's... Right. It's amazing in its own way. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, a, it's
0: a good scene.
2: Yeah, yeah. I like, think. if this was, like, an audition scene or something like that, like, you could really play around with it and rehearse it and uh, execute it in lots of different ways. There's, it's a robust enough little scene start to finish um, that doesn't require a ton of context outside of it uh, to mm-hmm. exist like its own little short film in one mm-hmm. shot yeah I don't
0: know. the <laughs> um, the the shooting uh, draft actually um, was a little different. I, I think mm-hmm. that uh, Rosemary Harris gave imbued Aunt May with more empathy than she does mm-hmm. in the script. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. not to say that Aunt May is like you know, like some kind of like angry shrew or something, uh, in the okay, scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just that she keeps interrupting Peter. So like Peter says, I just wish I hadn't. And she says, Peter, don't start that again. I can't help thinking about the last thing I said to him. Stop it. He tried to tell me something important. I threw it in his face. And so like when she says you loved him and he loved you, it's more of like, uh, you know, grab you by your shirt and, you know, shake the, like shake the crazy out of you. You know, it's like, it's it's like, it's, it's more of a, like stop being stupid moment instead of a moment of empathy and understanding. Like it is the way that, uh, Rosemary Harris is performing it.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just cutting those two lines out. Uh, just yeah, it's a different changes approach. the whole. Yeah, tone. changes the whole dynamic.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
0: It's good. Um, so uh, Andrew, yes. Um, I mean, there's not, there's not. That's pretty much the whole scene. Um, <laughs> and that's pretty much the whole minute. uh <laughs> so I'm. I want to know, you know, from you, you know, like I. I know that you're a huge Spider-Man fan. And I know that from, uh, you know, I was, I was your comic book retailer for like a year and a half or two years, something (laughs) like that. Maybe longer. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Probably Um, two
1: years at least.
0: Yeah. So, so I, I know that you're a big Spider-Man fan to the point that when you first started reading comics on a regular basis, uh, for a long time, Spider-Man was kind of like the only book you were reading. Um, was it was so what is it what is it about spider-man that does it for you and when did you when did you first if you can even remember when did you first sort of get into the character
1: well uh spider-man is every man uh really Hmm. i mean i think he's just one of the most relatable superheroes to ever be created um he's just an average joe uh he's You know, he might be able to climb on walls, but he still has all the same relationship problems that we have. Yeah. Uh, As far as when I first got introduced to his character, it would have been the Spider-Man cartoon, uh, the 94 to 98 animated series. Mm -hmm. Um, I would watch it pretty much every day when it came on Fox Kids at like 3.30 p.m. (laughs) Monday through Friday. Mm. There was a brief stint uh, where we didn't have TV for a little while, so I would make my dad go to the laundromat at 3.30 so that I could turn on the TV and watch Spider-Man at the laundromat while he washed clothes.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> the only thing that rivaled beautiful. that was my... uh I know, it was dedication. <laughs> the only thing that rivaled that was uh my addiction to growing pains. Uh, I watched that three times a day for like a year and a half. Kirk Cameron was my jam at the time. Not so much anymore. Uh, as far as first introduction to the comic books... um I bought Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, uh, Issue 6. That was back when they relaunched it for like a minute and then went back mm-hmm. to Legacy Numbers. Uh, right. and I actually, that would have been
0: what, the JMS run? Is that what that was?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, It was uh, Howard Mackey and John Byrne. So it was the people oh, right before oh. that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Howard Mackey wrote a Spider-Man book. Who would have thought that? Uh, <laughs> uh, but I actually bought it at Scott's. Which is now Kroger. So that was back in 1999 when you could still buy comic books at grocery stores. Oh, a magical wow, time man. that was. I
0: I vaguely remember that time. And it was always, it always made me sad because they only got comic deliveries every, like, you know, like once every couple of months, like maybe right. once a quarter. And so mm-hmm. it would be the same, like five comics for like three <laughs> months.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah I, when I went, it was always uh, Spider-Man and then Superman, and they'd have the same issues for, like you said, like three months, and they wouldn't continue the same numbering, so they'd like skip issues. Yeah. Uh, so I got, <laughs> no. I have like, I still have the comics that I bought then, and it's like Amazing Spider-Man 6, 9, 11, 14, like just random <laughs> ones, but I didn't yeah. care. I still wanted to read it. I had no idea what's happening, uh, yeah. but I, I just wanted to read it, so. Yeah. Now I have Marvel Unlimited, so I can go back and fill in all my holes with oh, yeah. Spider-Man.
2: I, I like the idea That's of awesome.
1: the, the the grocery store
2: comic uh, discovery, because I think just last week we were talking about how... The other day I was buying groceries, and I saw that they were doing this like special Archie's Digest Spider-Man type thing, where they did a little collection of a bunch of different mm-hmm. Spider-Man comics in a... A a digest, you know, half size uh, uh, news booklet.
0: newsprint, newsprint. Yeah. You know,
2: it it, it felt right. like a window into another time for a second there. Where I was just tired and picking up groceries, and then I saw Spider Man staring back at me, and I was like, "Oh my god, I have to!"
1: You
2: I d- I didn't even this. look inside it. I just grabbed it and bought it and you know, <laughs> flipped through it a bit. That I reminds
0: home. me. I think I am pretty sure the last because I used to be a like an avid reader of Disney Adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the little digest Disney magazine with like bone yeah. was in it and, mm-hmm. nice. uh, all that stuff. And I believe the last issue of Disney adventures that I ever bought, and it was probably like the first issue I'd bought in, you know, five years at the time. Yeah. Uh, but I believe it was when Spider-Man came out because Spider-Man and oh. if I was mis- not mistaken, it was Spider-Man and Mary Jane in her, like, uh, like chinese i hate the word oriental but i mean that's right. what it that's what it is yeah, uh, but correct. yeah that, that world that, festival that, outfit
2: yeah. right right mm-hmm. yeah.
0: um and i think it was like the two of them on the cover uh of, huh. of the disney adventures and i was like i was like i haven't read disney adventures in like five years this is for kids but spider-man's on the cover so i'm gonna buy this but <laughs> spider-man
2: <laughs> yeah that's spider-man
0: uh do you remember uh, when this movie came out, andrew? do you do you remember like where you were and and how you saw it and what you were what you thought of it?
1: I do. Um, when, it, when it came out, I was twelve years old. Uh, <laughs> so yes. my I grew up in kind of a uh, sh- well, more strict religious home. Um, uh-huh. and my parents didn't let me watch p g thirteen movies until I was like sixteen years old. Uh, and so this one came out and I was 12. And I begged and begged and begged and begged my parents to let me go. And they said no, like over and over again. And then the trailer came out. Uh, and then there is that infamous kissing scene. And <laughs> my parents were like, you're definitely not going. And then I just begged and begged and begged. And finally, I basically told them that I was going to see the movie, whether or not they let me. So they might oh, as well let wow. me go see it. Because <laughs> <Nice. laughs> I was like, I have friends. I'll will find a way to see it. Uh, and so they <laughs> let me go see it, which was crazy. And Amazing. I didn't see another PG thirteen movie for four years. Uh, so that was that was my introduction. Yeah. I I I love I I knew that it was coming out. Um, the only way I got news back then was through the comic books that I bought, but uh, I knew that it was coming out. And before that, I knew that they were talking about a Spider-Man musical or something. And I thought that was weird, but I was like, Hey, if that happens, (laughs) I'll find a way to get to that too. But it didn't happen. So, Um, (laughs) But then they said the movie was coming out and I was floored because I was like, they're going to make a Spider-Man movie. That's crazy. How are they going to do that? I have to see it. And like I said, my parents initially said no. And the answer was no for like a solid, eight months i don't know from the time i heard that it was going to happen every day i would ask them and then like i said (laughs) eventually i just like i'm gonna i'm gonna see it whether or not you let me or not so you might as well just let me then they did (laughs) i love the idea of a daily ritual of just like all right it's three
2: o'clock gonna gonna (laughs) ask them again about spider-man before i go to the laundromat like (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) well and i was and i was homeschooled so i was uh Stuck with them all day, so they had all day uh, to put up with me asking them about Spider Man. So I'm Perfect. pretty sure I yeah. just wore them out.
0: <laughs> uh, that's great. That's awesome. And that's my uh, that's my memory
1: of going to the movie.
0: <laughs> what 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 did you think of the movie uh, after after you saw it? Oh, I thought it was great that weekend.
1: Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I did see it opening weekend too, and uh, I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. And I thought <laughs> that for like I don't know forever. Uh, (laughs) 10 years maybe (laughs) Uh, I just I was so the minute that he came on screen like swinging I was like this is it yeah, this is it, this is Spider-Man and I'm pretty sure that if I hadn't been with uh, two of my friends who are like super manly dudes that I wanted to impress I'm pretty sure I would (laughs) have cried when I go see Homecoming next week uh, sure I'm going to cry I'm just going to cry, I know it i have to go by myself
2: yeah <laughs> yeah i 100% know i'm gonna cry uh just i i i cried in civil war i wasn't it was like a thing we talked about uh, yesterday the tears falling down your face when you're not expecting them to in mm. civil war just when they pulled up the Chiron that said queens like when tony stark <laughs> is like i think i know a guy yeah. and then they have queens I just immediately felt tears on my face. I was like, "What? Uh-huh. How is this but it's it there's something about it that means that much to me. Like it is mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't even classify it as like being a a fan anymore cuz I sometimes feel like the phrase fan can can have the connotation that like I'm devoted to this thing no matter what form it's in or who is right. making whatever it is." That, like, mm-hmm. I'm devoted to it. But I, I I tend to more say that, like, Spider-Man is extremely meaningful me- meaningful for me personally. Like, more mm-hmm. so than any other character in fiction that I can think of off the top of my head. This one has meant so much to me in terms of uh, lesson and example and power and responsibility and whatnot. And it to the degree that just seeing the name mm-hmm. of the part of New York that he's from in a superhero movie, like, broke me. And I, I know it's going to be more uh, next week or, I mean, whenever this podcast comes out, I guess this comes out right after the premiere of, of the film. Mm-hmm. So we will have a week seen after. It by the time. Yeah. Yeah. A week after. So you'll, we'll have seen it by this point. Um, so I'm Twice. predicting the past right now. Uh, but I, I know for a fact that I'm going to sit there and cry and be fine with it. I, whereas I would not have been fine with crying <laughs> when I was 12 or whatever. And the first one came out, uh, i i i'm not gonna lie i cried watching rewatching these minutes for this week um (laughs) tomorrow we'll have we'll have a moment tomorrow where the music swells and it Mm -hmm. it still does it for me it's Mm. it's a unique well let's uh
0: let's get to tomorrow then yeah yeah that's um Uh, we'll talk about (laughs) we'll talk about that tomorrow yeah uh andrew why don't you uh tell people about uh deja review
1: Sure. Uh, So Deja Review is an internet review and interview blog. Uh, We do weekly picks. Uh, We do a lot of interviews with especially color artists for comic books because I love color and I feel like uh, color artists are people that get overlooked a lot. I mean, there's still times that their names aren't included on the front of trades, which I think is insane. Uh, (laughs) So we interview everyone from uh, the biggies to the smalls. Uh, we got, <laughs> <laughs> I stole that from my uncle. I have to give him props. He, he said that one time. I was like, I'm gonna steal that. He said, That's fine, that's amazing. <laughs> um, so I mean, we've interviewed everybody from um, just self published like color artists all the way up to Matthew Wilson and Rico Renzi. So, goodness, yeah, uh, we don't discriminate against the size of your comic book following. Uh, color comics will interview you. Um like I said, we also we had a we had a podcast for a while um, and then I got a different job. so now I work Monday through Friday, eight to five and it does doesn't work with my uh, partner <laughs> schedule. so that's kind of been shelved for the moment, but we're hoping to start that back up pretty soon. Uh, you can Wonderful. find us at review dot wordpress dot com and it's spelled d e j a r e v u e .wordpress.com. Nice. Ah. All well, right. That, that was a great one. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Well, we uh everybody go check out uh, the Deja Review blog and uh we will be back tomorrow with minute 55. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.